Welcome back to the Mail In Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Merriman. To my right, uh, I don't even think you could see them jamming out because Randy crossfades the logo. Maybe we can we can edit that and post. Uh, the creator of this podcast, Dylan Chevery. That's a tasty little tune there, man. Yeah, a little lick. I don't think I've heard that one yet. No, that's a, oh, that's a new glad, John. Glad you listen. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you had that one? Uh, ever, those, pretty much for two years. Yeah. No, okay. Then I have, then I just I tuned it out or something because okay. I've definitely listened in the past two years. <laughs> he always skips the intros. That's Dave Ruff, uh, was also on this hey. podcast before myself. Hey, Dave, welcome back to your show. Hey, man. Well, I just pressed record, basically. But yeah, thank you for having me on. I'm looking forward to uh, answering some questions, being a big help, and not at all paying attention to golf. It's not what I'm doing. Not even open over here. Can't confirm he's, he doesn't have an open on his uh, lappy. So no, I I do I, I have the leaderboard up as well. We're of course talking about the U- United States Open from storied L.A. Country Club. Dave, you familiar with this the the exclusivity over there at LACC? Yeah, I, I've been on the wait list there for a few years now. Oh, yeah? It's very tough. Very expensive. It's like you know, a 200K you know, initiation. Yeah. Which I can't afford, but right. I am on the wait list. Just in case. Just, you never know. May end up on the West Coast and have a lot of money. You did say you wanted to move to California. Yeah, I don't know if LA is my play. I'm okay. more of a, you know, San Diego guy. It's the marine layer, Dylan. But you got to get in where you can get in. It's you very do. expensive part of the country. Yeah, taxes and all that stuff. The weather does seem nice, though. This governor over there, you know, what's his deal? Schwarzenegger? Dylan, you're always complaining about his shit. We're not doing that, Dave. We're not doing political stuff on here. Okay. Dylan's kind of an L.A. guy, you think, right? I'm not an L.A. guy. Yeah. No, you're not How so? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You could do Santa Monica, though. Never been. You have to have the scum vibe. I don't think Dylan doesn't have much of a scum. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. He, he wears wouldn't. polos too much. Like, like Abby moved yeah. to LA and polos are famously out according to Abby. Yeah. And, uh, I'm not a, I'm not a plain black t-shirt guy. No, you don't have forearm tats, but you do smoke an occasional cig. You so. are a plain white tees guy though, right? One, I've two, had a, three, four. I've had a cig in a year and a half. You were on this podcast or a podcast recently, just begging for cigs. I'm, I'm going to try to start smoking, but it's been a long time. You, we should do one at Klein's wedding. Something tells me there, there, there's not going to be a single cigarette in the house there. Really? We'll see about that. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. I will partake. That that Barton Creek patio is a nice little nice little John for sure. a cig. Yeah, sure. Anyway, we're the Mail-In Podcast. Uh, we answer questions. Maybe you can walk away with something useful. Maybe get a laugh in. With these two knuckleheads, I'm, I'm sure that'll be the case. Right, guys? <laughs> we like Please to have fun. Tell oh, a yeah. friend about the pod. Uh, send some clips. Subscribe on iTunes, follow on Spotify, hit the hotline number 888-362-MAIL. That is 888-362-6245. Or you can write in at the link in the Twitter bio at MailInPodcast. Hit up the store, watchmedia.shop, and hit up the YouTube to see Dylan and Dave. If you're completely unfamiliar and you're one of my friends who just listens to this pod and doesn't know what Wash Media is, really, you can see their faces at youtube.com slash mailinpodcast. You guys ready to get going? You know what? I am ready. Are you a little rusty? I'm excited. I've, I've read over the questions, okay, and there are some good ones. I think it's going to be a very strong episode, and hopefully the listeners will enjoy a little different perspective. We are not Sally. You are not Sally, yeah. famously, who is uh, watching your sister get married this weekend. Shouts to Sally. She'll be back next week. Anyway, let's dig into this. Hey, both. 
meaning uh, you two, because sure. I obviously solicited questions yesterday, and I think that's what they mean. Okay. For, uh, mentioning you guys. Uh, I'm going on a long flight soon. What are your go-to airport snacks, TV slash movie recommendations for the flight, travel fits, et cetera? Dave, you're a big airport guy. I do enjoy a good airport. There aren't very many of them, but I do enjoy the good ones. Right. Did your parents, when you were young, and Brett, you're younger than us, so this might this might have been like a more of a generational thing, so it might not apply. Yeah. Did you have to dress up when you when you got on a plane, Dave? No. My parents would make me dress up. Really? But that and is I'm, old school. Like slacks. And, oh wow. In a button down. That was that's such an old school way of traveling. It's th- times have changed, obviously. Now people are are more about comfort than they are about uh, looking nice. I don't know why that was such a thing for that generation, but it was. People take the comfort to a uh, f- far far too much of a level nowadays. Oh if man! If you're getting on the airplane in pajamas, if you have slippers on, oh, you're just an asshole. People do it all the time. <laughs> it's like um, when people would study for finals. They, oh. go, they go to the library on campus in like big old fuzzy slippers and pajamas. It's like we get it. You're like you're pulling all nighters, but you don't have to do this. Still like an idiot. Just walk back to your dorm. Yeah, or your apartment. Down. I don't like it when people fly in shorts. Wow, I don't okay. want to see exposed leg on the plane. I'll say it. That's kind of ridiculous. Well, is that just true. is that like a germ thing, or is that more of a? It's actually mainly me. I don't fly in shorts. I don't know if I've ever flown in shorts. Maybe when I was a child. But how is it different from seeing someone's legs on a plane and seeing someone's legs at the office, as you are wearing shorts right now? Because we're not on a plane. But what's the difference? Well, one, you're at elevation, and here we are not at elevation. Do you know the what air is do? air is filtered out every two minutes on a plane, Dave? It's it's probably much better air than than here even. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, it's just it's just the vibe. When I see someone in shorts, it's like, oh, okay. You're flying to Scottsdale. Yeah. What are you wearing? Like you 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 touched out in Phoenix. It's 109 degrees out. It's a dry probably, heat, obviously, but probably rowback joggers of some sort. Joggers, joggers is my go-to. You're right. Joggers have changed the game when it comes to plane travel and mostly just office leisure because they're <clears throat> sophisticated enough that you don't look like a total scumbag. Sure. But they're comfy enough that you can wear them in many different situations let me clarify i don't mind look if you want to wear shorts it doesn't it really doesn't bother me but me if i'm wearing shorts i don't like it is a germ play i don't like it i want to limit exposed skin touching random things on the airplane Mm -hmm. that's kind of why i like to wear hats on a plane or at the movie theater because i put my head back oh yeah i don't want to put my head back where you know numerous other people have also done that you got lice you got greasy oily hair it's I've, probably not a big deal at the end of the day, but it, it's some something about it just kind of irritates me. I'm a proponent yeah. of bringing the uh, the wipes, yeah, and wiping down like the tray, the seat, cushion, mm-hmm. all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like the feeling of the cold like seatbelt clip like on my on my bare leg. It's I, just something about that bothers me. On a plane, I dress for comfort, but I don't dress for scumbag comfort. No, it, it's joggers. I usually joggers wear a sweater and a comfortable t-shirt. Mm-hmm. tennis shoes hat is, is my go-to look or or i'll bring a um a rollback hoodie is is great for if it gets a little chilly on the plane throw mm-hmm. that that bad boy on robot just really they really this is non-spawn they make they make clothing for for every occasion yeah. especially planes do you guys uh look down upon people that take their shoes off on a plane even yeah. if they are socked no i i'm a you proponent. have to be socked correct i'm a proponent of shoes off 
with socks if, on. If you take your uh, Sperry's off, David, I'll, I'll use you as an example, as you own many. If you take your Sperry's off, you got no socks under there, it, that is foul. You need to be thrown off the plane. Really? Straight Mid, up? Mid-flight. Wow. But Execute, if you're, you're socked up, it's it's not a big deal to me. It is to Dave, and I want I want to give Dave the floor here. It just I just don't want to see your socks. I don't want to see your feet. Okay, like there's exceptions to that, but it's just come on. I uh, I often this doesn't really go with the comfort play, but if I'm going somewhere and it's a boot situation where I want to wear my my Tacovas or my Lucases, the ones with the fur, the ones with the fur. I will wear them with jeans, of course, not joggers, on the plane because packing them in a suitcase can often be a problem. So it's kind of a pro move to wear them. Yes, you're you're losing a lot of comfort because boots are not as comfortable as uh, tennis shoes and joggers. But snow boots, same play there. Yeah. Snow boots, oh. they, they take up. I'm not talking about ski boots, just boots you wear in snow. They're so chunky that I, I don't like to pack them, so I just wear them on the plane. That's that's going to get hot. Man. It's not. It's not. It's fine. Okay, you wear, and you keep them on the whole. Floor. I keep them on. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There's there's not really much of a sweat situation. You know what else I like about wearing joggers? You're not gonna have to worry about a belt, security and stuff. Like you don't have to. You can just skip the taking the belt off. That's thing. big old facts from Dave there. You yeah. got to think about that. I uh, we were Rachel and I were going to I think it was Atlanta. I can't remember, but uh, we were bringing cowboy hats. That's annoying to wear on a plane because the the yeah. the, the hat hits. You can't. You can't sit because it hits the back of your the seat. Dave has that problem with his fedora too. Right. That's true. Well, the safari flaps usually like drape out over the back and bothers the people behind me. Oh, man. Snack situation. Yeah, hit me with your snacks. I'm, you... doing, I'm doing protein bar or like a um, some kind of a trail mix situation. Do you uh, – when I, when I go to the airport, sometimes we – you know, to, to get where you need to go, you have an early morning flight, for example. And the Starbucks line is like nine miles long. I get most of those people are getting coffee. If you're getting breakfast at the airport at 5.30 in the morning, like full on a bacon, egg, and cheese, what are, what are you doing? What are you doing? Sounds like they're getting breakfast. Um, I, I can't. But like, why, do you need breakfast that like you're that hungry okay. when you wake up in the morning? I think it's usually because they're about to get on a multiple hour long flight. And they're going to get hungry at some point if they don't get a little something in the tom-tom or bring a taco with you and eat it an hour into your flight. Oh, I get hungry – I don't care what time I wake up. I get hungry about two hours after I wake up, whether it's at 4 a.m. or whether it's at 9 a.m. Okay. I'm going to get hungry two hours after I wake up, so I got to have something for the tom-tom. Dave and I are famously intermittent fasters, so I, if I'm on a plane early, I, I won't eat till 1 p.m. Actually, Dave's an intermittent intermittent faster. Yeah, I right. do it intermittently. Right. Uh, but I do, I do have that mindset. It makes it easier. Yeah. Maybe maybe if you want to throw a protein bar in there just in case. I also subscribe to the you can't bring hot food on a plane. You can get hot food on a plane. Yeah. Don't bring it on a plane. I tend to agree. Um, I mean, I don't count like a taco wrapped in foil. I mean, like, you know what I mean? That's I'm, I'm not doing baby back ribs on a plane, but I'll I'll take a, a hot taco for sure. Like I'm thinking I'm mostly thinking of people bringing like Popeyes. That sounds fucking tight. I might get Popeyes. That does sound. I haven't good. had it in so long. I, th I think that's a bad rule that you just you just came up with. I don't like it. Buy a, just, a, it's you it's buy smelly. like a, a fried chicken sandwich at uh, what's that place in the Austin one? Torchies? No. Um, Birdies? No. Fly, Fly, Fly right. You bring that on. That's yeah. Do that. That's totally fine. Get out of here. Um. You know my play. I don't really my 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 tum tum is pretty strong these days. Believe it or not, but. 
If you've, I do have you a, have beat the invisible enemy of Diver Tick? Well, I've I've definitely um I've uh, I I've, I've stemmed the uh the tide on it, if you will. Okay. I don't typically I like to just not eat because I don't want to introduce anything to my stomach that may not agree at 10,000 feet. I just don't want to be that person. And I I've, I don't think I've ever had that on the plane, mm-hmm. but I I've heard bad bad stories. It's not it's not great. So I just like to I like to minimize uh times I have to get up. And so that means not drinking a bunch of coffee before I get on the plane. It actually that that is what it means cuz coffee makes me pee. Sure. Um yeah, I'll just have one little bottle of water and I'll just slowly sip it. People love the airport beer, and I, much like you, have to pee a lot. So I go to the airport glass of wine way before I do an airport beer, especially on a layover, because I don't want to have to pee during my ascent or descent for that matter. Yeah. I don't know, man. The airport beer pre vacation is undefeated. It's awesome. I, I'm, I, I'm getting a drink every time, even if it's seven in the morning. Undefeated. Before a vacation. But the beer just gets it. Dave knows you slurp that down. It's sixteen ounces, and you're gonna have to pee in nine sure. minutes. Sure. I very rarely will drink on a plane. Soft, dude. Not that's an F confession. Yeah. I Jesus, just, I just, Dave, why? I don't know because it, unless I get enough in me, like by the time, so let's say they stop serving, flight lands forty minutes later, then you got a deep plane. Got to go get stuff. By that time, like, your buzz is kind of worn off and you kind of got a tired vibe. Depending on what your trip is. Like, if you're Vegas, okay. I was going to say, you touch down uh, down with the boys in Cabo or in Vegas or in some golf trip somewhere awesome. Cabo is different. You touch down without a buzz. They throw margaritas in your face right away. You're 10 feet out of the airport and it's like, hey, here's a a full bar. bar. (laughs) Two, actually. Let's fucking go. Yeah, Cabo is different. No rules. You ever bring your Nutrafol on a plane, Dave? Uh, I definitely have backed it. Yeah, yeah. Dylan, Dylan. Every time I, I don't go a day without taking my Nutrafol. Well, actually, did, did you know that eighty million men and women in the United States experience thinning hair? Yet it's still not openly talked about, which yeah. can make going through it feel scary and stressful. And that just adds to the problem, Dylan. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement, clinically shown to improve your hair growth, thickness, and visible scalp coverage for men and women. Dave, did you know that there are multiple causes of thinning hair? Yeah, I know all about it. Well, Nutrafol is the hair growth supplement that goes beyond genetics to target stress, hormones, nutrition, metabolism, aging, and lifestyle factors that may be impacting your hair. Why'd you point at me? Lifestyle factors, Dave. You don't think I have a good lifestyle? I think I don't you know. could use it. I had uh, to hang out with you. You chain smoke cigs. Yeah, you're ruining my life. Thinning is different for men and women. Nutrafol has multiple unique formulas for men and women to provide exactly what they need based on their biology and age, Dylan. Every formula is physician <laughs> formulated right. using <laughs> natural medical grade ingredients Screw for reliable guy, results man. without compromises. In clinical studies, 72% of men saw more scalp coverage and 86% of women saw improved hair growth after six months. Plus, it's also trusted and recommended by more than 3,000 top doctors. So here's the deal. You can go thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code MALIN to save $10 off your first month's subscription. This offer is only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus, free shipping on every order. Get $10 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L, dot com promo code mail it let's do the next one guys hey brett and crew 
First time, long time. First off, just wanted to say hashtag Sal Dallas for life. Sorry she won't be here to Shout answer out. your question. Anyway, my boyfriend and I of six years just got engaged. <clears throat> I am over the moon. He's perfect for me and vice versa. I can't imagine me spending my life with anyone else, but I've been hiding my shopping habits from him for the last four years. We've been living together. I've racked up about 25 grand in credit card debt, and I've been shuffling things around to pay the bills. Should I tell him now or wait until after we're married since we'll be in a better financial situation on paper? Any help would be greatly mm. appreciated. I got to say something right off the bat. I got here. a lot to say here. So yeah, you go let, first. Me, let me go yeah. first, man. Uh, <laughs> over the moon is like a very old timey saying. What are, yeah, yeah, I'm over the moon. Man, I'm the, <laughs> oh, wait, what We're decade is this, this weekend? Woman We're from? over the moon. Yeah, head over hills. For this guy. I thought you were going to address the, the question. No, I don't but... fucking care. Okay. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I got a lot to say here. What do you got, Dylan? Um, keeping this from him before you're married is don't even entertain that as an option. That is a huge, huge, egregiously huge mistake. Agreed. Uh, terrible. Um, I don't know if you've looked into the statistics of divorce and causes for them. Mm -hmm. Financial reasons are the number one cause of divorce. 20 to 40, I actually looked it up last night when I read this question. Okay. 20 to 40% of divorces are because of financial problems. Interesting. Which is the, it's more than like infidelity, anything. You absolutely have to tell him what's going on here. If you wait, he's going to be, that's like the worst way to kick off a marriage is like, oh, you've been hiding. You bet. From the honeymoon. Oh, yeah. by the way, like he's he's if you if you're up front and you tell him he's he loves you, mm -hmm. he's gonna marry you. He's gonna be he's going to want to work with you on this and get you out of this hole that you dug yourself into. Mm -hmm. But if you add on to that, like the dishonesty of keeping it from him, that's the worst way you can start a marriage. Don't when, even entertain the idea of not telling him. When you bring it up to him, make sure you have like a plan of action that you've already like started to enact. Be like, here's what I'm doing to get this down. Mm -hmm. Just want you to know I am not paying the minimum. I have canceled. I've uh, I've got rocket money now. Sure. You guys familiar with this? Is that later? Yeah. Um, you can't, you know, just have make it sound like you're being proactive. Like, look, I know this is bad, but here's what I'm doing. Because sure. that'll, that'll make it sound like you understand the severity, severity of the situation. I'd also recommend getting to the core of the issue and maybe talking to a financial strategist or maybe even a therapist. Figure out why you have these problems, why you keep spending money while you're in debt. Because mm -hmm. that's, that's obviously it needs to get fixed. Absolutely. If I were you... Uh, one, tell him, and, and to Dave's point about enacting a, a plan using various methods, yeah. uh, you can get, you know, like a, what is it, just a, basically a credit card consolidation loan, which locks you into a specific payment over time that you, you, you pay down your debt, but you're locked into paying that debt down over time at yeah. a certain rate. That's at a lower rate than, a low you, than your credit card's charging you. Correct, that's the whole, yeah. Yeah, that's the whole, you know, business plan behind Debt and, consolidation is that they, they buy your debt and sell it to you back at a better rate. So. Yeah. So consolidate your debt. Uh, don't take that as like, oh, I freed up 25 grand in, in the ability to in, in credit, cancel your cards or cancel some cards, right? And then and then pay it down from there. That's a, that's a 
yeah. plan, and, and I think a lot of people do that. In 25K, it, it's a big number, but it's not an insurmountable number. Correct. So you, no. you'll, you'll have to claw That's, your way out, but you can get there. That mm -hmm. sounds bad, but I mean, like, I've, I've heard worse. Do not even yes. consider not telling him before. Yeah. And, I mean, until you're married. From an emotional side of things, think of how much better you'll feel getting married and, and not having, like, a $25,000 weight on your yeah. shoulder. And maybe like maybe she's worried about if I tell him it's going to affect our wedding strategy financially. That honeymoon might, that might need to happen, and it though. might be the case. Honestly, yeah. I mean that. Yeah, I mean he might be a little upset with you that you've kept this from him for four years, mm -hmm. but it won't compare to how upset he'll be if you wait until after you're married and then just spring it on him. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, here's the next one, guys: Dylan, Dave, and Brett. My work crush is newly single. I've known her for nine months, and the moment I met her, I knew there was something about her. She's amazing. She's beautiful. She's smart. She's funny. We get along incredibly, and I'm ready to risk it all because I know this is not just a fleeting crush. My question is, how do I start an office romance knowing that it could go very wrong? I think there's enough between us to take the chance. I'm also nervous about her not wanting to jump straight into another relationship that it might be too soon. But I also don't want to wait around for the, quote, right time and have her start dating someone else. I can't sit around and miss this chance. What is my move, Dave? Ooh. Um, I think the best way to go about this is to um, get your boys who you are in an acapella group in college with and call them up and get them all on the line and do a song, maybe take a chance on me um, in front of the entire office and kind of put her on the spot. That's, that's one option that I've seen work before. Okay. If you were to go maybe another option, Dylan, do you have uh, outside the acapella group? There's information missing that I would really like here. Okay. I want to know what kind of job this is. And that mm. matters because if this is a job that you don't see yourself in for a long time, like maybe it's, you know, you're, you're working part time, you know, bagging groceries for the summer. I don't know. That's probably not what it is. Or if you're like C-suite, someone in a, you know, a big corporate, it, it matters because obviously this person, as they said, it could go very wrong. Especially if there's like a... a subordinate relationship somewhere yeah. like uh, yeah, yeah definitely definitely consult your uh your hr manual your employee <laughs> handbook before you do anything because what, what yeah. a lot of places say most about? most places that have that policy that you can't date mm -hmm. they're pretty explicit about it it's not like a, it doesn't like sneak up on anybody they're like very clearly like from the get-go yeah so if this is a job that you wouldn't mind losing or you don't, if it's like a stepping stone to a, a different job later on or something like that, mm -hmm. it's much easier to risk, you know, having an in-office relationship than it was if this is your like dream job somewhere where you're making, you know, 300K or whatever, totally different situation. So I, I would weigh that a little bit here. Um, but it, it can be done. You're right. But when we've seen it done successfully. We've, we've seen it done. I, I've seen it not done. <laughs> I've seen it yep. end badly. Sure. Um, and so just just know what weigh weigh the pros and cons and know what know what's at, at stake here before you attempt this. But I'm also not gonna say like don't go for it because if this is someone you truly see yourself with, if it's like a great match for you, how do you how do you not? Right. Right. So say say that the stars align and he's like, I can I can ditch the job if I need to, whatever. 
how do you go about getting to that point of saying like i have feelings for you in in the office setting do you do you for my in my opinion you have to sort of disassociate it from the office and if you guys do a drink or something like that like Brett, it can't be see, over slack you see him in the hallway you see him in the break room hey um after work you want to go get a drink boom super casual just catch up whatever that's when you say like hey i don't know if you if you want to like see you if, if there's anything here i'm interested um that's a pretty like one toe in way of just figuring out where where this person's head is at. Mm -hmm. I've got a big issue with this question because there is a key piece of information missing because I just okay. reread it. There's nothing in this unless I just missed it that says that she is into him in any way. She said he he says I think there is enough between us to take the chance. It sounds like because what makes me nervous is that he said he's not wanting to jump straight into another relationship. So he's already like thinking like, oh, yeah, way down the line here. And I just want to be like, dude, tap the brakes a little bit. Yeah, you got to mm -hmm. slow it down. You got to slow it down. Like, first of all, don't say that. Don't bring that up. Sorry. I, I just I want to save you some some heartbreak and then like prepare for like what. Think about what happens if she see rejects you. She's like, no, I just, I'm not comfortable with that. And, you know, where is she in her career? She may see this as a detriment to her career and that puts her in a tough spot. And mm -hmm. then, then it's just going to be weird. So if you're willing to, I don't know what the, how good the friendship is. It sounds like it's really good. I mean, that's something that you're going to have to think about. Like you're compromising if this doesn't go the way you want it to go. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. If the company's cool with it, there's nothing wrong with being like, what well, Dylan said, Hey, do you want to grab a drink? You want to, but just be prepared. There's kind of like a slow play aspect to this. She's newly single. You've known each other for nine months. There, I'm sure there's a good friendship. You, you get along well. Do you text outside of work? Do you talk about anything but work? Does, did she complain about her ex? Or was there something like, is there an emotional connection that's already sort of there that you that it makes sense to go grab a drink one-on-one? -on -one? And and then I think you go from there. But I think it's sort of this like, I don't, I don't think you pretend that it's, you know, under the guise of any you know, anything but what it's for or what it's about. Then, okay. like, don't I be see, like, oh, let's, let's catch up about work. She, she she knows that that's bullshit, probably anyway. Okay, I would just be like, let's go catch up. Don't say anything else. Just, just let's just go catch up, and maybe yeah, maybe you talk about work for a minute, but then you you know after a drink, you like you get to the point. You're, of, you're saying get to the get to the point. Uh, yeah, I mean, she knows why you're taking her out to drink. Okay. She knows that she just became single, and she probably knows that you have a crush on her. And mm -hmm. what else could it be? My first job out of college, if you had any kind of like relationship, hookup, or anything with anyone in the office, you either had to tr transfer to another, like one of you had to transfer to another office or quit. Mm -hmm. We are good friends with people who uh, are now married and they met at work. Ah, and yes. had and to do that. Work dictated that only one of you can be here or else you got to break up. So one of them left yeah. and started doing something else. And doing a lot of things actually yeah, it's worked, worked out for <laughs> yes. yeah and jack of all trades very good at <laughs> golf too anyway damn yeah all right i think uh i think i kind of agree make like make the move and it, you know the, the thing is if if it doesn't work out you can move on you know i guess that's the the advantage to doing it quickly or if she doesn't share the same feelings okay no problem yeah and if if she does let you down don't don't take it out on her. Like you know what I mean. Don't uh, try definitely. to try to keep your your wits about. Keep you. the work relationship intact, even yeah. if the 
the emotional relationship is not going to progress. Because that that's that doesn't sound like a fun work environment. I've never nah. been in that situation, but ooh. also wait for the appropriate amount of time between her breakup and when you you put the good point. Put, put the, the riz on. on. Yeah. yeah, don't don't do it right away. She's going to be put off by that probably. Yeah, very much agree. Uh, you know who never lets you down, Dave? Uh, let be, me guess. Must be about Squarespace. Is it Squarespace? It's, it's Squarespace. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Great. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything. Your products, content you create, even your time, Dave. Dave Ross Swing Academy. Squarespace, John. Squarespace, John. Uh, you familiar with uh, analytics, Dylan? Yeah, I know about analyzing things. Right. Well, with yeah. Squarespace, you can use insights to grow your business, <clears throat> learn where your site visits and sales are coming from, plus analyze which channels are most effective, improve your website, and build a marketing strategy based on your top keywords or most popular products and content. Dave, they also have email campaigns. You're saying we got to get better at email. I've been saying it for years. Electronic mail. Yeah. Well, you Computer can letters. stand out in any inbox with Squarespace email campaigns, collect email subscribers, and convert them into loyal customers. Start with an email template and customize it by applying your brand ingredients like site colors and logo. Built-in analytics, like I mentioned, measure the impact of every send. If you've subscribed to the Wash Media and or Sunday Scaries email, uh, you get early access to products. That's right. It's, so a, big, it's a big player. It, it really is. It really is, Dave. Uh, so here's the deal. Head to squarespace.com slash mail in for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code mail in to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace.com slash mail in for a free <coughs> trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code mail in to save 10%. All right, guys, let's do the next one. Sup, Dorn and Brett. Uh, and Dave. Hey. Damn, dude. Uh, here's the deal. This one out. Sure. I caught feelings for my ex-girlfriend's best friend. Mm. Good news. She has caught feelings too. Bad news. We are unsure how to break the news or go public with it. Here's the bad story, Dave. The ex and I broke up five years ago. Wasn't a great breakup. Uh, she cheated on me, but she is now married. Ran into my hopefully new girlfriend at a baseball tailgate in March. Started chatting and met up with her after the game. That led to a hookup that night. I enjoyed hanging out with her and asked if she wanted to grab dinner and drinks a few days later. She said yes, and we've been hanging out ever since. I really like her, and she really likes me. She just has no clue how to break the news before we kind of make it public. I completely understand she wanted to make sure what we had was real before telling my ex, who is also her best friend, obviously. But I feel like we've waited too long. Also, if she's married, isn't it weird for her to be upset? Any help on the situation would be appreciated. Okay. Lots Dave, you're a lawyer. Package. Hi. Where, are the, uh, where does the statute of limitations fall as far as wow. dating a, an ex? Well... <clears throat> Or an ex's best friend, I guess. So I'm assuming they still keep up if they're still best friends. Oh, yeah. Very much involved. Sounds like same hometown or same town they're all in. That would make sense, yeah. I get 
it's not ideal for her, your, for this guy's ex who cheated on him and who's now married. Mm -hmm. But she's just going to have to get the fuck over it, in my opinion. I, I completely agree with you. She's She, one, ended the breakup herself, or ended the relationship herself via cheating. Two, is now married. And three, it's been five years. I think those factors, it's a totality test. Those factors all combine to say, you're good. But it doesn't mean she's going to be stoked on it. Totally. And, like, if this goes well a year or two from now and you guys are involved in wedding planning and stuff, she's going to be probably in the wedding party. And oh, that's yeah. going to be a thing. Oh, yeah. I know that's way down the road, and I just told somebody, stop thinking so far down the road. <laughs> but I'm just I'm just trying – I like to look at all possible outcomes on things. Um, you can't go public before telling the be friend. Correct. Your Facts. ex. She you can't find out can't. on Instagram. That, that'll be like DEFCON. I mean, you just can't do it. So yeah. uh, you got to tell her. I don't know which one should be the one to tell her, though. Do you like that? Best friend or, or him? Do, do you like how Dylan – when he just said DEFCON because he didn't know whether five or one is first. One is the worst? Yeah. It's actually DEFCON. <laughs> yeah, all right. I didn't know. <laughs> I almost said four. I just pu I pulled a number out. Yeah, I, I just go three because I forget two. Yeah, okay. That's safe play. Yeah, safe play. Um, yeah, I, I guess it's probably the, the friend who would have to tell her since they still keep in touch and obviously they're close. You're right. The, the fact that he was cheated on gives him a lot of – a lot of leash here. A lot I of think. rope. A lot of rope. Because if, if yeah, if, if you were the one who cheated, or if you just decided you didn't want to be with her anymore, and then that's a different story. Mm -hmm. Five years have passed. She's married. She probably doesn't even think about you anymore. No offense. So yeah, absolutely go for it. But she, it's going to be a tough conversation with the friend and, and her, obviously. But she's yeah. the, she's the one who's got to make he's got to make that phone call. If it's a deal breaker to her, like. Then she kind of stinks. What is she going to do? She's married. Yeah. And she cheated on you. You can't lay like, claim to everyone you've ever yeah, slept that's, with. That's, right. Sorry. It, it, five you years. You fucked five it up. Five years. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's on your own validity. Like, there, the, all the factors are in your favor. Now, like Dave said, is it going to be a completely pleasant kind? Is she going to be like, oh, my God, that's so cool. She'll be like, oh, what were you we doing five years ago? Like, she's going to have those kind of thoughts. But it doesn't matter because she's married and it was five years ago and she cheated on you. You good, Doc? Yeah. <laughs> Everything you've said is uh, what I like to call big facts. Big facts. Uh, the other thing I would say here is probably tell her sooner than later. Uh, you yeah. Know, uh, Let's get it out of the way. And you, people I, will talk. You two are going to feel much better after this conversation has been had. Definitely. And even if she is a little rattled or it, it's, I think it's going to be more of a fleeting kind of thing um, because – in a way, like she brought you guys together. Maybe she is like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like it's been five years. I'm married. I don't care. Obviously didn't care about you at the time to cheat on you. So it's, and, and life is messy and you can just be like, hey, it's been, you're probably different people than you were five years Here's ago. Here's a variable. Is the guy that this uh, young lady is now married to the other guy that broke oh. up this dude's relationship with her? He, I think he would have said that, yeah. but mm. that would definitely... That would definitely make things a little more awkward, but I, I don't think it would. You still wouldn't be in the wrong here, but it would definitely right. make it more awkward. Another suggestion is after you tell her, don't immediately go public. Wait a couple of weeks. Let, okay. let there be a, a little time buffer there. Don't just rub it in her face immediately. Yeah, no hard launch on Instagram. Yeah, like I like the that. The day after. I like that. Um, I think, yeah. 
Good luck. Let's do the next one. Uh, hey, guys. My best friend and his fiance have decided to elope and then honeymoon in Europe. Your, I don't know. I said Europe? Europe. Oh, sorry. Come on, Brett. And honeymoon in Europe in the late fall. Uh, I am very happy for them as I am do for all I am all for doing whatever you want for your wedding. The problem I have is he's made his uh, made me his best man and wants a bachelor party in Vegas. He gave me a list of guys to reach out to and start planning. The problem is nobody including me wants to spend the money to go to Vegas to celebrate an elopement wedding. Everyone came back saying that we'd be down to drive somewhere in our area whether that be a party weekend in the city, cabin party at our nearby National Forest, or a golf weekend party. I honestly have no clue how to break it to him and have no clue how he will react. Also, I feel like we might be shitty friends at the same time. How would any of you handle this? Thank you. Um, I think you're kind of being shitty friends. I think you're very much being shitty friends. Uh, I don't know. I don't wouldn't say very. I would say kind of. Okay. I'm going. I, sorry. Go ahead, Dylan. I don't think you you go on a bachelor party just because you're you're gonna go. You're also gonna go to the wedding. The bachelor party is an event all in itself. Correct. That's where I, my head is completely at. The way yeah. this, the way I like read this when I read it like really quickly earlier, I was thinking, oh, they're gonna have to go. Like these guys don't want to spend the money because they're gonna have to spend money to go to Europe. That's not the case at all. No. The, you can unload the full clip on the bachelor yeah, party. I, that would be valid. It's like, dude, we already have to pay for your destination wedding. I'm not Absolutely. fucking with that. Absolutely. This is like, first of all, Vegas, you can do Vegas on the cheap and have a great time. It's it's arguably one of the cheapest bachelor party locations. I would also like to know the ages here. Are they sure. 24 and just out of college and not making much money? Mm -hmm. Or are they 34 and established and can spend money on a trip to Vegas? It's a, what and why is an elopement wedding like less than? It should. It, it shouldn't, shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. The guy wants to go to Vegas for his bachelor party. You guys should take him to Vegas, especially the, since you're not spending money on yeah. the wedding. It's the travel. only only one travel for the wedding. Correct. Yeah. If if they were having a really really big wedding, that shouldn't get you more stoked for the bachelor party. Like the bachelor party is the the bachelor party. Totally agree. And this, if anything, like this is like kind of great. You know, <laughs> yeah, you get to go to the bachelor party and not have to like do the wedding thing. Totally, yeah. yeah I, I, man, that's that's tough. And like Dylan said, the the real key here is if these are people you know right out of college, sure. Versus, but like I don't think these are guys with like families and stuff because like they would be like chomping at the bit. Like, <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah, we need this. You need to, you need to take your boy to Vegas. Like you can do it relatively cheap if you you might you know you're not going to stay in a in a penthouse anywhere, but you can. Mm -hmm. You can stay on the strip for you know probably 120 bucks a night somewhere. Absolutely, flights are not bad. They 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 artificially take down the prices to you, get people there. You you can't throw down yellow chips uh, you know on the blackjack table, but you can gamble a little bit too. Absolutely, yellow chips. He says. Yeah, he, know, he knows the chip color. Yeah, this guy, this big baller. He's been brand. to Vegas. He's been, He's to, been Vegas. to Vegas. Fuck yeah, I think yellow is a thousand. Uh, purple is 500 purple is definitely 500 red that's is about five. all I've, that's about all i have in my green my is 25 red is five black is 100 boy there's no better feeling than like pulling. did i get that right it sounds Dylan, right i don't know i think i got that right i think yellow's a thousand i love reaching my hand in my pocket in vegas pulling out my chips and seeing those like reds you're like oh still got you like you still have ammo you're still down like 1500 oh yeah but, but like, you dude there's always a chance these. let's go 
Uh, I found the roulette table to be very fun. It, it it can be very fun. It was very fun on Klein's bachelor party. Klein, like he had the he had the the method. Yeah, and I was just going red black because I was like, I don't I don't want to mess. He's like, oh, the spine, hit the spine. I'm like, what the fuck's the spine? Yeah, it's I don't just know. the middle column. They're all they're, it's just it's roulette. Random. Yeah, oh, that's the worst game in Vegas. I, I hate it so much. The people who post up there and just like sit there for hours. I want to I want to do like a a little like think piece on them cuz I'm very curious like what is your play here it, it's fun when you have a like a a big group of guys especially to do the move where you all like you all put 100 bucks into a pool you put it on red or black at the very like the you walk into the casino everybody's already decided that they're going to do this you put 100 bucks together for everybody puts 100 in put it all on something and then it either sets the tone incredibly or like you all just lose 100 bucks. Yeah. But yeah. that's fun. That's a lot. The of guys fun. that post up there though, I don't I don't get that. It's just it's a, just we, coin, it's a it's weird just coin scene. Flip, yeah, it's just I don't know. It, it is a, a like an ASMR noise like the the Yeah. I don't trust the video ones by the way. No, god no. I'd like to announce that I got the colors right. Nice. I nailed that. It's really Hell huge yeah, for you. Dude. I don't know what's after a thousand. Um I'm I'm not a big baller, but Is it 5000? They do have I just don't know what color I mean. Oh. Yeah, anyway. I, I nailed that. You are you color you are colored blind, so I'm I'm I am colorblind. Yeah, you are. But if it's an obvious red, I know that. If it's an obvious blue, I know that. Okay. It's, it's in, all it's the in between is that get my head just goes screwy. Get dicey. We mm -hmm. didn't play any craps. Uh all right, I didn't play any craps. That's a game I don't I'm just gonna give up on trying to understand. I played more really? this last time around than I ever have. Klein's brother uh they're, pretty much gave me a good the the Klein Klein's family are uh proficient craps players. The thing about craps, if if you were to just take a, a towel and cover the entire middle of the table, because those are all side bets, oh. it makes the table look much less imposing and much more easy to digest. It's you need to get some reps in you before you start mm -hmm. to understand it. But it's That's not fair. it's not as, as tough as it looks. A lot of red herrings. It's a, a lot of red herrings. Little literary term. Okay. Yeah. What do you mean? What do you mean by it? Well, what I'm trying to say is, there's a lot of distractions, and if you're a new okay. player, you can get really, like Dylan said, overwhelmed. You're like, oh, what the, f what? And you just got to think like, pass, no pass. That's, exactly. that's where I'm at. What the hell? What the, what the hell? I do. I have the blackjack has become a, a staple. I'll even well, play a little yeah. blackjack on the Blackjack's, on the John. Blackjack's fantastic. bring up the app. Yeah, it'll just it's free. It's not. I'm not playing like casino blackjack. But yeah, it's a good game, fun game. Let's do the. Uh, the last question here, then we'll get into some shower thought. By the way, take your boy to Vegas. I think that's yeah. I have a shower thought now, uh, nice. and it's about it's it ties into what we just talked. Don't about. forget it. Write it down. No, I got it. Don't <laughs> worry. Hey y'all, I think I'm having my quarter life crisis. I'm 25, and I want to move to a new city. I've lived in my current city my entire life. I went to college in the same large city I've grown up in. As a COVID college grad, I've stayed here since this was the first place to get a, get a job and have since gotten pretty comfortable. Uh, a majority of my family and friends live here, and for a while, it's just been easy to stay here. I love my childhood and growing up here, especially being so close to all of my loved ones. However, I recently traveled for a week to a new city and felt a level of calmness I haven't felt in ages. Not having to be in a normal space was so relaxing, and the thought of being away from it all seems nice. Obviously, this seems like I should move. 
However, both of my siblings are in college several hours away from our hometown, and as someone who has lost a parent, it's really weighing on me that I would be uh, also leaving my mom alone if I were to leave for a new city. I've talked with her, and she said, it's my life. I can do what I want. This also isn't taking into account the stress of moving, what if I don't like my new city, friends, etc., and was I only feeling that way since it was a week? In my current city, I'm single and my lease is up in a few months, so it seems logically like the time to make a change. But how should I move forward? Brett sort of went through something like this, so what's your opinion? Uh, I did go through something like this. I can also provide the perspective as someone who never did this. Um, but you go first. So I think, you know, I, I did this, I guess, sort of in something similar, where I, I moved from my hometown of Saratoga to Boston for school, but you're kind of bouncing back and forth, and then New York for three years, and then that's kind of the time I decided to make a, a big move. Um, and I experienced many of the things that you did, where it was a, a kind of a level of restlessness, but comfort. I was close, but you know, not too close. I could kind of be my own person in New York and still feel connected, but you kind of visit Austin or visit DC or visit Denver and get a little grass is greener feeling. That's normal. Um, and I think I decided it was more the the job, I guess for me, the opportunity was too good to pass up. So I don't think I would have moved to a new city without like just just to get out and then find something there i think it was always going to be for me find something and then move because of that so that probably would take some of the stress out of your decision um but yeah it sounds like if you're 25 you've lived in the same place forever and you're you have any sort of feeling you're never it's never going to leave you and the thing about moving or life in general is that usually you get uh and you're 25 young healthy you probably have a chance to come back if you need to. Um, it's not a, you're not making a decision at thirty something with a wife and kids, and you kind of have to. You're not buying a house. You know, you can go get a twelve month lease, see how you like it. If you hate it, you can always come back. So I think that's uh, that's where I would be. I would make sure you have an opportunity lined up, or at least some sort of situation that you can make some money, be comfortable, be close to a, a social scene downtown young neighborhood kind of thing uh, and, and give it a try and you because you'll never you'll you'll never not have that feeling if you stay where you are but i get why you want to i get why you would so uh in my opinion go find an opportunity follow it for a year and see what you think and so i'll i will give it to dylan who has the opposite side yeah i will um as someone who Look, I'm 39 years old, and I've lived in or around Austin my entire life. And don't get me wrong, I, it's, it's, a, it's a great city. I grew up here. It's my home. Uh, my son lives here, and his mom lives here too. So I, like, I'm not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. I don't really have the option to move away at this point. But I will say I regret not moving away when I was in my mid-20s. Mm -hmm. I, I would love to have that one back. I would love to experience life in a different city. Somewhere that's cooler, um, somewhere that has you know mountains nearby, and just a, a, just a different scene. I would have loved to experience living in a different city because all I know is living in Austin. Again, Austin's a great city, but I've never lived in you know Denver. It's probably where I would live. 
um, just some place like that. So go for it. You only have you only have one life, and you know, just don't like look back and be like, "Man, I should have done that," or "What if I'd done that?" Because you're gonna regret it. Yeah, and that's kind of where I where my mindset landed uh, in in doing something like this. It was like, well, if I don't do it, or don't look to do it, or don't seek it, I'm always gonna think, "What if?" And uh, you, as you know, somebody who has lost parents, and you have lost a parent, life uh, gets pretty short in that case. And you say, "Well, let's let's see what we can do. Get it done." Um, but I wouldn't again move to a new city without anything lined up. Don't just be like a, a a a thing in the wind, right? Move there with a purpose and with an intention and a opportunity, and that'll make it yeah. easier. Get a job lined up. Yeah, just go try it out for a year. If you don't like it, move back. That's not much time. No, you won't miss much in a year. I promise you. I don't really have anything to add. I think that's pretty well said. It's it's a tough. It I, that's really nice that like you're thinking of your mom. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly, family family is important to you. Um, but your your mom wants what's best for you. Yeah, and, and she's gonna want to. She's gonna want you to spread your wings a little bit too. Yeah, it's part of it. That was something that I, uh, I went through with my dad when he was sick. He was like, I, I was like, Dad, should I like you know you know you want me to come home for the summer? And he's like, Fuck no, go do your thing. And I was I, I think a lot of parents kind of have that like, yeah, we got we're good. Make go sure mom has an iPhone, Facetime. Yeah, Facetime your mom. Got a Facetime mom. Got to do it. That's gonna do it for questions. But uh, we have this segment called Shower Thoughts, Dave, where we talk about uh, what you think about in the shower. Yeah, mostly just those creative thoughts. You're just like, huh, I wonder about this. So uh, we'll lead off with Dylan since he has it right on the tip of his tongue. What do you got for shower thoughts, Dylan? So I have to admit, this is something I've, I've discussed before, okay. uh, I believe, on Circling Back. Um, but talking about poker chips and gambling it, in casinos, I'm going to bring it back. Hit me. So it's very, really difficult to counterfeit money, mm. right? In theory, yeah. But a poker chip, something that it's made of clay, um, wouldn't that be much easier to counterfeit? Mm. Bring a, I mean, you take a stack of real chips home with you. Okay. Which you can do. You can't, absolutely. Uh, you mix in a couple of your fakies, mm-hmm. and you, like, you go just trade them out real quick um, at a roulette table or blackjack table. Maybe that's done a lot, and I just don't even know about it. But why isn't it done if not? Because it seems like it'd be really easy to do. And there's probably a great answer for it that I'm not even considering. But yeah, why not? My first instinct is: is is there some sort of like RFID chip or receipt or something like that in each? Might be some kind of um, a chip in there, barcode somewhere. You can't see to the you know the naked eye that's that the cameras pick up, or they have something that scans. I don't know. Probably because otherwise. Seems like it'd be an easy play, but and my second instinct, which I guess this applies to counterfeit money as well, but if you get caught, you're gonna get whacked. Okay, counterpoint: if you get caught, oh, I got these from the casino. Yeah, prove me, prove me wrong. Sure, these were handed to me by the dealer. What, what do you want? What do you want from me? They'll go back, check the tape. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the security in a casino has always fascinated me. Um, they don't actually break your hands in the back room. Not anymore. They did it at one time. But I'm wondering, like, 
what kind of training when you go to cash out what kind of training those people have to like identify it like because it doesn't look like they're they're not they're definitely not examining each individual chip that would be that would take forever but i imagine like there's a certain number like you know there's a threshold if you pull up with a bunch of chips like big ones Mm -hmm. there's there's some red flags and that they're gonna they're gonna look at those a little with a little bit more scrutiny than say like a you know a five dollar chip i'm wondering if there's like a weight if when they set them in if you know whether they what do they do with them yeah, when they it, get them? Do they put them in like a little uh, little thing? You take a chip home and you study it and you weigh it and you measure it and you can make it. Someone can make an identical chip to what you're doing. I bet there's but, something to the texture to when it's like stacked on another chip, the way it feels, the way it slides around, the way it fits with that other chip. And I bet that's in, almost impossible to replicate. Yeah, but it's like even so, if you're just showing up with, you know, $60 in chips – you're just kind of hoping that somebody just goes, yep. Cool, yeah, you do some small baller shit. You, yeah. you don't show up with $1,000 chips, and you don't show up with the yellows. You show up with the reds. You're like, yeah, you mix them in, and then you quickly just change them out, and then boom. Now, what they say, I'm reading an article on this right now. Uh, they say a popular practice is to take like a $1 chip and repaint it. So if the weight is the same, it's uh-huh. got markings on it, and you just basically turn it into a 25 or a, or a 100. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, let me shower piggyback thought. on that shower thought. Yeah. Does this invoke the uh, power of the Secret Service? Because, you know, the Secret Service is in charge of enforcing uh, you know, counterfeit money laws. So the they, Bureau they the ATF, alcohol, tobacco, firearms or whatever? No, Secret Service. Really? Yeah. It's, it's a weird deal. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't but know I'm just wondering because it is technically counterfeit money. Mm-hmm. but it's in a different form. I, that's a really dumb question that I'll probably I won't have to face in my life, hopefully, unless something goes really wrong. But, uh, huh, just wondering. Yeah, I'm, I, a, lot of, a lot of chips have UV markings, you know, obviously some hologram kind of stuff. Uh, some RFID chips, I would imagine that is with only the, the largest chips. Yeah. Uh, and they say $100 chips are the most popular counterfeit. Not too high, not too low. Okay. Interesting. Dave, what's, uh, do you have a shower thought? Damn, dude, that was a good shower thought. I'm really like, <laughs> I'm really curious now. And I was just looking more into the Secret Service uh, jurisdiction to deal with like financial crimes and stuff like that. A lot of people don't know that. I'm wondering... I, I often my shower thoughts on in weeks that uh, lead it to a golf round, a round of golf, which I am playing tomorrow. Uh, um, as am I. My shower thoughts are often golf related. Okay, I like to think about my round, and my thought was: Is it worth it to me? Because I think if I were to go out tomorrow or any day and play a round of boring smart golf, meaning laying up when I should lay up, meaning you know, playing uh, bogey like bogey holes or you know hard holes for bogeys, stuff like that. If I were to do that, how good could I be? Like, what what could I realistically shoot? I think I would be significantly better. And I'm like, maybe I'll do that Friday. And then I'm like, is that even worth it? Like, am I going to lose some juice? Does that take all the fun out of playing? I don't know because I don't think I've ever, even when I played like competitive high school golf, I was I was an idiot. Mm-hmm. So I just my thought is how much better would you be? And you can answer this question if you played a smart 
every like you thought about it, every hole you approach it you're like okay uh pins over there on the right there's a ton of green left i'm going to aim at the left part this is not a birdie hole dave i i i've told you guys this i think i have a pretty good iron game pretty good short game and i can't drive the ball like if i started from the middle of the fairway which is obviously like no shit bread uh i think i break 80 every every round if you had Rory's distance, it would be stupid. Uh, so, yeah, I, I've never Can't played just go. a smart round, like take the driver out of the bag. I would what love I should to, do. I would love to see you do it because you're – and this, I guess, applies to Dylan too. Y'all are both long with – like you could have three wood and mm -hmm. be fine on most of the courses we play. Yeah. It's just a matter of like is your three wood that much straighter and consistent than your driver. It's I also think if question. I had a spotter like these guys have, you find my balls that are in the weeds. You do find a lot of – Fine, or, or you you lose a lot of fine shots. Or if I got like um, man-made structure breaks, like sure, like golfers get these professional golfers get, it might it might take a couple strokes. I'm never gonna be a good golfer, but um, I have had a similar thought too. Like, what if I just instead of get up there and just aiming for the center of the green every time, like I usually do, if I actually played a smart, strategic hole here and not just swing away, not just going after every pin. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll do that tomorrow, Dave. Just play like take the driver out of the bag. Play play three wood golf. I'm not much better than my three. Man, I don't know. There's some holes out there that you, you need. When you, when you get one, it's it's a lot of fun. That's the problem. What time y'all playing? Late noon. Noon. It's gonna be a hot one. Hopefully the uh, the wildfire smoke, or I guess it's not technically a wildfire. The controlled burns from Mexico. The smoke has moved out because it is. I got to say, the last three days have been Dude. possibly my least favorite Austin weather days ever because we've got the rare combo of heat, 100-degree heat, extremely high, uh, like rainforest-level humidity, and then smoke and haze. It's just fucking nasty outside. Air quality is bad. Yeah. Hey, smoke Haze is bad. It's, it's supposed to feel like 112. Like it, Fuck yeah. I took a picture of this last <laughs> night. The the heat index for Tuesday as of it's it's back to one twelve, but as of last night, uh, said one one fifteen. You should have moved to Denver for dude. the Tuesday heat I index, know, man. which is that's 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 ridiculous, ridiculous. What's your st, Brett? Uh, this this goes to uh, something I brought up at some point recently in this office. I said if I were to have a bachelor party, uh, I would want to play a scramble. As far as the golf component of my bachelor party goes, like we did for Dylan's, had a blast. Remember that putt I hit? Well, it was like a seventy-two footer, mm -hmm. right, to win the Canadian Open. Mm -hmm. Sick. Somebody, I I believe it's Dave Ruff, not to name names, uh, said that scrambles on a bachelor party are a terrible idea. Did I? Bad take. And when I, did I say I this? was like, why is that? Why are scrambles on a bachelor party? Explain yourself, not bitch. good. I, I don't. I, that is not my opinion, but I'm I'm happy to advocate for that side. I think whoever, whether it was you or Will, uh, said that people want to play their own ball, especially if they're better golfers. And we kind of did it for Dylan's because of the weather. Not only that, but because we had skill levels um, of all spectrum. Which I think is what makes a scramble kind of fun. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Dylan's bachelor party was – so if you got there in time, you got to play your own ball. You got to play a, a round right when we got in at a different course where everybody played their own ball. Of course, that was Dave Ruff's flu game. That was my flu game. Mm -hmm. 
I was his partner. Thank you for, I'm, I'm happy I didn't get you sick. <laughs> Me too. I was really worried about that. Uh, but the next round we played, a day or two later, hardcore, extremely windy. None of us had ever played it. Not that that really matters. And yes, like Dylan said, you had people who played golf a handful of times, if ever, and then people who play every month, every week. So it was a lot of fun. I, if your skill level is, if you have a group of guys who are all avid golfers, you know, uh, borderline single digit or single digit golfers, I get why they wouldn't necessarily want to do a scramble. Okay. But that's, I don't think that's me. Counterpoint, a bachelor party, golf is not the main event. Golf is, I mean, you're there to, like, you're going to drink and you're going to act like idiots for two days and you're mm-hmm. going to go home. Right. Like, it's it's just about maximizing fun. It's not about going out there and, and keeping a score and seeing how low you can go. It's just like, you know, it's just, it's tomfoolery Ooh. on a golf course because it's a bachelor party. Agree. I it's didn't... not a golf, if it's a golf trip with the guys and you're going there for golf, mm-hmm. you're going to play three, four rounds over the course of, you know, a few days. Totally different than a bachelor party because that's just like, let's just have as much fun as we can and get the fuck out of here. And oftentimes with a bachelor party, you're you're mixing friend groups. Yeah. And it's a great way to invite some camaraderie yeah. from work guy Agreed. to high school buddy. Agree. I would argue if we are at a bachelor party and we're playing a very, very nice course, let's say it's like a $250, $300 green fee, something yeah. crazy, which those are out there. Do I want to play my own ball to like play the court or, or play a scramble? Because I, I almost feel like I'm I'm wasting a little bit of money if it's just a scramble. Scrambles are fun as fuck. I love scrambles. I was actually just thinking the other day how I like I, I want to do a charity tournament at some point. Okay. Playing one, we throw one, one of these days. But like Paiute, I would love to go back and play Paiute like my own ball just mm-hmm. to see how hard that course really is. Cause those conditions, it was really tough. Um, luckily, that course was weirdly affordable. I feel like it wasn't that it wasn't crazy. Bad. Yeah, I think it was, it was we under did a, we got a group rate. I think. Yeah, but, but do you prefer the four man scramble or the two man? I go four because you you can build. Or well, two man would be fun because you're sort of you can have multiple teams in one one hole. But I get the four man too because then it's then it becomes a big team. So I don't know. I, I guess I would going. prefer. I, I think I prefer four man in terms of fun, but two man because you can. I, I get. I get the argument for two man. By the way, a scramble for those that don't know is everybody gets a chance to play it, the shot, and yes. you take the best shot. It's not best ball. Scores are very low. Score. Yeah. Uh, ideally. Yeah. That'll do it for the uh, for the mailing guys. You have a good time. You still do fun. that question at the end. Oh no! I was more doing okay. it because because uh, you were. Here. I had fun. Did you have fun, did you have fun? Yeah, I had fun. Did you have fun? Brad, did you have fun? I had, I had fun. I had a blast. We had fun. I had fun. Please subscribe, rate five stars, review, and tell a friend about the show. Hit the hotline number eight 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 three six two M A I L to leave a voicemail. That is eight 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 three six two six two four five. Or you can write in at the link in the Twitter bio at Mailin Podcast. Dylan, where can the people find you? Ooh, what a great question. Thank you, Brett, for asking. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram with the same handle, at dshivery. That's C-H-E-V-E-R-E-R-E. Dave, where can the people find you? At dcarterruff on Twitter, at dcruff on Instagram. No snap anymore. Check us out on Circling Back Pod. No snap. 
check us out on Too Much Dip. Thank you, Randy, for the uh, production. I am Brett Merriman, your host, at Schmerriman, on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.